suspected that something was wrong. And that's why I called Jagadim. When you came, you didn't know, you didn't realize what I was wanted, Yeah, so I wanted you to be there because I, was, I didn't know what to expect, but I felt that he was not kind of behaving all right. And it was pretty bad that he's kind of, he became quite incoherent. And in three days, I saw him, his condition deteriorated so much. Last time when I met him, he was in a much better consciousness than he was today. Today was. But as you said, like, the condition will deteriorate. <coughs> and at a time like this, we become aware that we also have to go through the same experience. People generally think that it's happening to others, but it's not going to happen to you. But real knowledge is to become aware that I also have to go through the same situation. It's only a matter of time. Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita is pointing out that this material existence is full of misery. The situation is completely miserable, but it's Krishna's mercy that makes us somehow ward off the miseries for the time being. Like otherwise the existence of the material nature is extremely painful. Or there is so much, so many possibilities of suffering. So many things can happen. Like, just consider what, the, what are the realities of material nature. The reality of the material nature is, let us consider our situation here, earth planet. Earth is round, moving at a tremendous speed, we are situated on the surface of the earth. What would have happened? Would have been thrown out into the space. Now what is preventing us from being thrown out. Gravity. Now, we may call it gravity, but what it actually is? Krishna's arrangement to prevent us from that situation. So many things can happen. If the uh, ocean, surface of ocean water raises a few feet, the whole earth will be done if the earth stops to move for a second, what will happen? So that's why we constantly have to remember how Krishna is protecting us. And it is due to Krishna's mercy that we are living so 
comfortable. There is no dearth of anything that we need. We need oxygen, Krishna is supplying. We need food, Krishna is supplying. We need water, Krishna is supplying. We need sense gratification, Krishna is supplying. <laughs> so this is how Krishna is actually taking care of And real knowledge, real knowledge comes from the modern mode of passion and ignorance, they are in the state of illusion. Mode of passion is illusion, mode of involvement in illusion, and mode of ignorance is in total unhappiness. In the material nature, generally everyone is in passion and ignorance. But we have to stand aside from mode of passion and ignorance. Become situated in the mode of goodness. What does it mean? What does goodness actually mean? Mode of goodness means to become situated in knowledge and to understand things as they are. In passion, we don't really have the time or mentality to stop and think. Passion is just involved and flowing with that tendency, driven by the mode of passion. Get involved active, so active in the material nature for body's pleasure, for body's comfort, for body's sense gratification. That's what passion means. And then, passion leads to ignorance. In passion, the body works so hard, then the body becomes tired. The body falls asleep. Body can't act in it. Body becomes unconscious. That's sleep. And then in the morning, again one wakes up. After he wakes up, what does he do? Again in the mode of passion. Works in the mode of passion. Then again, at night, tired and falls asleep. This is a cycle. Passion, ignorance, passion, ignorance, passion, passion, ignorance, ignorance, passion. Goodness means to stand aside, not being involved in all passion, not being involved in the materialistic affairs. Stand aside and see things or try to understand things as they are. <coughs> Why things are happening in a certain way? Like we get hurt, we get <coughs> we we go we undergo undesirable, painful situation. No one wants it, but one can't avoid it. 
And how does one look at it? When one is going through a painful situation, then what should he think? What should he do? The real knowledge is to recognize that I am being subjected to this through this painful situation because of my own past karma. Nothing is happening accidentally. I can't blame anybody for what's happening to me. I must have done something wrong in the past and that's why I am being subjected to this. And so that is one way of looking at it, that it is my karma. It is the, everything in this material nature is happening by this arrangement, guna and karma. Which means, huh, I must have acted in a wrong way, as a result of that I am being punished. So through this punishment, what do I learn? What I am supposed to learn? That I shouldn't act in a wrong way. That is one way of looking, being situated in knowledge. Another way of looking at it is that everything is happening by Krishna's divine arrangement. This karmic reaction is Krishna's divine This divine arrangement is sometimes letting me go through some painful situation and sometimes it makes me go through some pleasing situation. But ultimately it's Krishna's arrangement, but Krishna is impartial. What Krishna did, Krishna set the principle in motion. Guna and karma. That's what, uh, like autopilot. Krishna said that in And now we are creating our own destiny. What will happen to us? It's up to us. You act in a right way. What is the right way? The right actions have been prescribed. Sripati, you sit down and listen. You need to listen to this. No, like this is an example of passion. All the time trying to act in mode of passion. But in the mode of passion, you can't become devotional. Krishna is saying, Tada Rajas Tamu Bhava Kama Lobha Dayashti. Kama Rajas Tamu Bhava. Rajogun means? Passion. Tamogun means ignorance. So Tada Rajas Tamo Bhava. Material nature is functioning in Rajo and Tamo. And a result of that is lust, greed, anger, illusion, pride. Kama Lobhutayashtra. But unless and until one becomes situated in the mode of goodness, 
there is no possibility of becoming situated in devotional life. That is the beginning stage. Sthitam shakti the transcending the mode of passion and ignorance one one comes to the mode of goodness then only evam prasanna manasu bhagavad bhakti yoga bhagavad bhakti yoga uh, devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead will be possible only when one is situated in the mode of goodness. Mode of goodness means, as I was saying, stand aside and watch why things are happening. Don't get involved with that. You are not enjoyer, nor are you the sufferer. You are simply, you are simply going through this experience due to your own karmic reaction. You can't blame anybody. So that's why there is a need to become situated in the mode of goodness. Goodness means, as I mentioned, knowledge. And the attitude is prasanna manasu. The consciousness, the heart, the mind becomes completely satisfied at that point becomes completely satisfied. Why it becomes satisfied? Because then there is no disturbance, no agitation. Why there is no agitation? Because one knows why things are happening. And then how does one see things? He sees things that these things are happening to the body, not happening. Just stand aside and see what will happen to the body. It's something like huh? you take your shirt off, and if somebody beats the shirt, will you feel anything? But if you're putting the shirt on and if somebody is beating the shirt on, <laughs> then yes, you feel the pain. So our situation is like that. This body is like a dress. When you stand aside and see that the body is separate from me, then you see whatever is happening to the body is happening to the body. It's not affecting me. So to be situated in a mode of goodness is something like separating and watching what is happening to the body. It's happening to the body. <coughs> something nice things are happening, okay. Something undesirable things are happening, also okay. It's okay, like, because it's not to me. Now what should I do? Free myself from the bondage of the body. And there are two ways that one can free from the get free from the bondage of the body. One is through yoga, Pashtanga yoga, and the other is through 
Ashtanga Yoga, the process is very, very difficult. Very difficult. The process is separating yourself from the body. And devotion service means using the body in the service of Krishna. And using the body in the service of Krishna, acting on behalf of Krishna is the simplest way. Extremely easy way. Extremely easy way. Just we have to work on behalf of Krishna. Krishna starts this knowledge in the third chapter. In the third chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is instructing Arjuna. Beginning. Krishna is leading to devotional service, but in the third chapter, what is the mean, what is the title of the third chapter? Karma Yoga. Karma Yoga. So what is Karma Yoga? It begins actually, third chapter begins with Arjuna's question. In second chapter, what Krishna said sounded like that Bhutti uh, Yoga is better than Karma. And so Arjun is saying, what was Arjun's initial appeal? I don't want to fight. But Krishna says, no fight. Karma. Fight. So Arjuna is questioning Jayasi Chet Karmanasti Mata Buddhir Janardana Tatking Karmani Bhore If Buddhi Yoga is superior to Karma, Jayasi Jayasi means superior. Chet means if. Karma naste from karma, mata buddhi janardana, buddhi. If buddhi is superior to karma, then why are you tatki karmani ghore maang niya jaya Then why are you engaged me in this terrible action where I have to fight with my relatives, try to kill them? And then Krishna Arjuna is telling, going further, In this, through your confusing words, you are simply perplexing my mind. You are simply bewildering me. Therefore, you tell me something, definitely, from that, 
I can understand what is actually mine, what I should do. By which Shreya of Shreya Ahyam, I can get the get my <coughs> Then what did Krishna answer? Krishna's answer was actually very, very clear in this point. I mean this is actually setting the scene of Bhagavad Gita, the knowledge that Krishna starts to give. Loke Ashmin Dibhidhanishtha Udapta Maya. I, I myself have told there are two types of two two different ways. Dividha Nishtha. There are two ways. Jnana Yogena Sankhanam Karma Yogena Yogena. Two ways. Gyan and Karma Yogena. Yogena Sankhanam Karma Yogena. The gyan, through the knowledge, through the process of jnana, uh, the philosopher or thinkers will go in that direction. And uh, by the means of karma, those who are active, they will. But then Krishna makes a point. Nahi kashtit kshanam karma. One cannot stay but without acting even for a moment. Uh, where is the question of inaction? How can we avoid karma? Nahi kashchit kshanamopi jatu tishthati akarma Karjate hi avasa karma sarva prakriti jayakunai Even though one does not want, one cannot stay without action. How can you stay without action? You may think you won't act. Huh? You are just sitting down without moving. But what about your breathing? Okay, you may have stopped breathing. What about your heartbeats? What about your digestion? So you, how can you say that you want to work? You want to act. You're constantly acting without... Nahi koshchit kshanam Even for a moment, fraction of a moment, a living entity cannot, cannot remain. Nahi koshchit kshanam api jatu tishtati akarma. Karjate hi avasa karma. Sarva prakriti prayakarma. And then this Krishna, in this way Krishna is leading Arjuna to the different consideration. Niyatang kuru karma tuan. Karma jaya hiya karma. Therefore act. Always act. Without action you cannot stay. You cannot stay. So you have to act. But what kind of action? That's what Krishna is pointing out. What kind of action? Jagarthat karma nanatra lokoyam karma So action must be for the sake of Pleasure of the Supreme Personality of God. Yajna, sacrifice. Why do you close the door? Somebody will Jagarthat karma. Action must be for the sake of Krishna's pleasure. So that is the secret. 
action must be for Krishna. <coughs> otherwise, Anatra, Anatra means otherwise. Loko ayam karma bandham. Action becomes the cause of bondage. Either you act for Krishna or your action will become the cause of bondage. So, now you decide. Do you want to get yourself bound, entangled in the material nature or do you want to free yourself from material nature? You see, Krishna consciousness is not a, what's that expression? Uh, something like drawing room philosophy or what's the expression? Arm, armchair. Armchair philosophy. Armchair philosophy. Uh, it's not a matter of just uh, only for discussion, uh, intellectual discussion. <coughs> Krishna consciousness is something that has to be applied in our own lives. We have to, our life should be molded according to this understanding. Now how does one become situated? Therefore, there's a consideration of mode of fitness, knowledge. First we acquire the knowledge through practice, Vaidhi Bhakti, Sadhana bhakti, devotional service and practice, you have to practice it. And, and we can see from the action of the devotees who are properly practicing. And here I'm, I, I must admit that Many of you are practicing very sincerely, I notice it. Like the person that comes to my mind immediately is Umakanta. Such a wonderful example. He is sick, but he is still trying to help the devotees, serve the devotees. All the time he is simply concerned about how to serve others. So that is the action for the sake of pleasing Krishna. And when we see the right example, we have to try to follow that example. Let us become serious. Let us become like him. Let us try to also commit myself in this way. And as I was saying that I see many of you are so committed to Krishna consciousness. That's why I like to be in South Africa. <laughs> I like to come here to see this. <laughs> Wonderful devotees setting such beautiful examples. I don't want to name you and say because I know eventually it will embarrass you. I don't want to embarrass you, but one thing I can tell you is Krishna is watching and Krishna is pleased when he sees that you are serving so nicely for his sake. And isn't it a simple thing? We have to act. Krishna is saying that you have to act. <laughs> you have to do things. Then do it for Krishna. Do it for Krishna. 
Then Krishna makes it in that's why the third chapter is Karma Yoga. And what is the fifth chapter? Karma Yoga, actually, in Krishna consciousness. In Krishna consciousness. <coughs> third chapter is dealing about uh, normal karma as sacrifice. Although Krishna is pointing out the sacrifice means for the sake of Krishna, although apparently the sacrifice is for the demigods, there also there is a need. What was the need for the demigods? Of sacrifice to demigods? Huh? Get all the necessities. All the necessities because it's coming through. You see, this is the arrangement that Krishna made. In the third, third chapter, the tenth verse, Krishna is actually saying, Sahajagya Prajasrishta Purovacho Prajapati Anena Prashavishadham Esha Bo Astu Ishta Kamadhuk 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 means provider, arranging for our desires to be fulfilled. And the arrangement, you see, the arrangement is so beautiful. Sahajagya Prajasrishta Purovacha Prajapati. At the beginning of creation, Prajapati, uh, progenitor, it can mean Brahma, it can also mean the different Prajapatis, but the original Prajapati, the progenitor of population is Lord Brahma. So, Brahma, what was Brahma's advice? Brahma's advice was, that uh, along with Jagya, uh, the demigods and the human beings. The demigods are the supplier and the human beings are the recipients who in turn is offering to the demigods, the Jagya. Saha Jagya Praja 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 means Praja means population. And Prashavit Shabdham Anena, this arrangement that I have made, through this arrangement your desires will be fulfilled. Living entities will have desires. Now the way to fulfill those desires is by offering and sacrifice to the, apparently to the demigods or initially to the demigods. But if we go deeper into that, then we can see what the arrangement is like. Uh, like, let us see, in the city of Durban, uh, those who are living here, they need various facilities. You need water, uh, you need electricity, you need roadways, you need so many different, you need police system. <laughs> you need education. So all these departments are there. So who is who arranged all these departments? The government. No, in the city of Durban, or you can say the Durban city authority. So the government has arranged it. For what? For the benefit of the citizens of Durban. And what is expected from the citizens of Durban? They're getting the facilities and in return, 
pay. They have to pay tax. Yeah. Right? Now, who is collecting the taxes? The, or the payments? Uh, electric depart electricity department is receiving the payments. Uh, water supply de department is receiving the payments and so forth. But are they entitled to use it up themselves? No. Or they pass it to the treasury? So that is the role of the demigods. Different departments are there for the, uh, for the sake of the living entities, the human beings especially, and the human beings have in turn to pay for the, pay the bill, pay the tax. So this tax is actually Jagya. The next verse is actually making that point. Devan Bhavayato De Devan Bhavayato Devan Devan Bhavayato Te Deva Jagga Bhavita Toi Dattan Parash Param Bhavayanto Shreya Param Abhavshita the demigods are supplying. By that, the demigods are pleasing the living entities. And the living entities in turn must be pleased, must please the demigods. And in this way, by pleasing each other, both of them will derive their ultimate benefit. Now, now isn't that the system? <laughs> like the departments are supplying and you're paying the bill and as a result of that, both the recipients and the supplier are uh, happy. Uh, when they get the due payments and at the end of the month, uh, they feel the departments feel happy. And they make even better arrangements for the supplier. So this is how Krishna actually made the arrangement. But ultimately, uh, Krishna is pointing out that uh, that it is ultimately for his pleasure. But on the other hand, toi datta na pradayabha jo bhumte stena evasa jogga shishta shino santa mucchante sarva kilvishad bhunjate te tagam papa je pachanti atma <coughs> that one must offer to a sacrifice to the Supreme Personality. But if without offering, if one cooks himself, that's the point. Cooks himself here, ultimately it would mean that if one tries to enjoy things for himself, then uh, he is a thief. <laughs> He's a thief. And Prabhupada is making the point very simple. If something belongs to somebody, and if you take it without his permission, isn't it stealing? It's a very simple consideration. Everything belongs to Krishna. Okay, you need it? Fine. Krishna said, okay, you know. <coughs> arrangement is there, take it. But if we take it, je pachanti atma karanat, if one cooks for him his own sake, 
confidence actually generates and our action becomes beautiful so the first consideration of mode of goodness is to act according to the injunction of the scriptures but as long as so this is another important consideration here as long as our actions although pertaining or per- pursuing the scriptural injunction are for the sake of our own enjoyment then it is the mode of goodness in the material material you see <clears throat> this goodness is tinged with passion and ignorance for our own sense gratification for our own benefit for our own material purpose but then transcending the material platform when we come to the mode of to come to the uh, spear goodness uh, we reach that stage when we do it only for krishna's pleasure 
only for not for my self gratification. I don't have anything to do, expect or desire from the material nature. It is only my business is to serve Krishna. That is pure goodness. But still, mundane goodness, material goodness also is necessary to become situated in the proper platform, to transcend the cycle of passion and ignorance. We have to stand aside and say, well, I don't want to get involved. What is the mood at that time? Prakriti Kriyamanani Gunai Karmani After all, in the material nature, whatever is happening is for the sake of, as a result of our Guna and Karma. But Ahankara Bhimuratma Kartahamitimanyate. Being bewildered by his false ego, one thinks that he is the doer. So we have to stand aside at some point. And the way to stand aside is lead our life or mold our lives according to the instructions of the scriptures. Mold our lives according to the instructions of Sri Mold our lives according to Sri Prabhupada's books. About <clears throat> mode of goodness, I just and passion. I just thought of one example. What the mode of goodness is like. So one man was drowning, and a sadhu was sitting on the bank under a tree. Many He saw that the man was drowning. He didn't do anything. One man just came by and he just jumped into the river and saved the man. And then he went to the sadhu and started to rebuke him. Now what kind of a sadhu you are? You saw a person is drowning and you didn't make any endeavor. Sadhu replied, because I knew that you were coming. <laughs> of course, huh, that is the material goodness, but spiritual goodness is, spiritual goodness again is sometimes passion. <coughs> if one is situated on spiritual goodness, probably he would Try to say But his perception will be different. A Krishna's, Krishna's man, Krishna's part and parcel is in distress. Let me go out and save him. That is Krishna consciousness. So, in one hand, we get rid of passion and ignorance, but in the pure, when you come to pure goodness, you see, material goodness is inaction. Sitting down, philosophizing, and meditating. But spiritual goodness is, a spiritual active platform is, 
There's passion. Arjun is fighting the battle. Krishna is provoking. Arjun's initial reaction, no, I'll just go and become a sadhu. <laughs> but Krishna is provoking him. No, we have to fight. Now that fight on behalf of Krishna, for Krishna's pleasure, is pure. Therefore, in, spirit, in devotional service, there is passion. And that's the difference between uh, a so-called sadhu and a devotee. So-called sadhu doesn't do anything. He sits at one place, meditates and etc. But pure goodness is involvement. Go out of you. <coughs> Do things. Spread this movement all over the world. That's not going to happen just like that. Did you switch it off? Thank you. Does anybody want, anybody else wants to be thanked? <laughs> Yeah, the point I was saying, like, when you stand aside, at least, and watch and see things, then you realize that this, like, we also have to go through a situation like that. The body will become weak. Body will suffer from different types of disease. And the body will eventually succumb to death. But what we need to do is try to remain Krishna conscious all the time. <clears throat> the other day I was thinking of writing a will. Should I tell you now? Or rather again you all get upset. Just like you all got upset reading my best which offered. <laughs> Anyway, since I at least started this topic, let me get into it. You see, I'll, I'll also give you the background. Prabhupada told me, when Prabhupada was in Vrindavan, preparing to leave his body, or just waiting to leave his body. Prabhupada told me not to let anyone take him to the hospital. He said, he told me, if I become unconscious, don't let anybody take me to the hospital. And Another instruction Prabhupada gave, this of course Prabhupada gave in front of others also, nothing should penetrate his body, not even a needle should penetrate his body. And especially that one Prabhupada just told me, that if he became unconscious I shouldn't let anybody take him to the hospital. So I was actually uh, thinking of writing and will, writing her will, 
that if I become unconscious, if I become sick, no one should take me to the hospital. Actually, when I had that heart attack, uh, it was such a struggle. I didn't want to go to the hospital. I thought, what's the point in going to the hospital? I was fine, actually. Uh, apart from little pain, I was happy and surrounded by devotees. You know, like, and <clears throat> but anyway, then all kinds of pressure started to come. Yeah, actually, yeah, how it happened is when I had that heart attack, I didn't want to go to the, like the Ganganaran, is he here? Where is he? Okay. <laughs> Ganganaran was the first one who actually suspected that something was wrong. And then uh, he told, he, he called a cardiologist. And the cardiologist took the ECG and he felt something is wrong. And he again came in the evening and it confirmed that this second card cardiograph ECG actually was quite, uh, I mean, he was quite concerned. And then they started to insist that I have to go to a hospital. My mistake actually was that I agreed to go to a hospital if it was to uh, Bhaktivedanta Hospital in Bombay. And, but then they phoned Bhaktivedanta Hospital and upon, receive, re, upon reading the report, they felt that I should, I'm not, I should not be traveling by plane to go there. So, and they insisted that I have to go to a local hospital. So that was the mistake that I at least agreed to even go to Bhaktivedanta Hospital. And that's why there was this pressure that, okay, since you wanted to go to that hospital, come to this. And when they put the pressure, no, you go to that. But ultimately, what's the use of going to, what's the use of prolonging one stay here? Like, well, if as long as the treatment may cure the thing, that's all right. But otherwise, anyway, the, this was the thought that we could use. And then they had that uh, treatment in indoor. And that I would say that the doctors were very nice. And there were lots of support, actually. One uh, <coughs> devoted doctor from England, his father and sister, both are very quite an eminent doctors in Indore. His father was the principal of the medical college and he was a very well-known doctor there. And uh, his sister also, is, and they kind of made the arrangement. Both of them were there when, you know, proceedings were, proceedings were going on. And both of, I mean, and where, I was against the idea of having a, putting a stent. So they did the angiogram and 
and they felt that since I was so much opposed to the idea of a stent and since the condition was not really that acute, so they honored my desire, wished and they didn't But then when I went to London, uh, on my way to America, I stopped in London for a few days and there the same person actually, Dr. Sandeep Gupta. He's a very well-known doctor in the UK. He actually arranged the best cardiologists to check me. And they were hell-bent on putting stents on me. And I was hell-bent on not putting <laughs> 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 So, and then finally the pressure came from my disciples. Like, they started to put pressure on me. And at that time I gave them one example. Jagadanand is laughing. You recall that example? I, I remember going. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll just repeat. I told them that, look, when a rich man, when a poor man has a car, he uses the car till the very <laughs> funeral ceremony. <laughs> Whereas when a rich man has a car, even though the car is in perfect order, uh, a new model comes out and he discards the old car and uh, gets a new one. Now our condition, our situation is like, not like the rich man or the poor man. Our situation is like a chauffeur of a very rich man. So the chauffeur, the car, he knows the car doesn't belong to him, it belongs to his master. And he uses the car on behalf of his master and he takes care of the car to the best of his ability. But he lives up to his master when he would like to change the model. And when he wants to change the model, is fine. and he knows that the new model is going to be the better one, better than the older one. <laughs> So, <clears throat> this body is like the car and we are the chauffeurs. The body belongs to Krishna. And our business is to drive it for the sake of our, our for the sake of our master's vision. And if the master wants to change the model, it's up to him. And we know that he is going to, the next model is going to be better. And after all, when the car is old, why hang on to that one? Rather wait for the new one. So, <clears throat> that is how we have to treat our body. We shouldn't think that the body is everything. and That is a materialistic way of thinking. Devotees don't think like 
the body is simply meant for Krishna's service. And if we use it properly, use it effectively and sincerely in Krishna's service, then yes, Krishna will make proper And as I was telling, like you will be, I mean, everyone will go through this experience. A time will come when you will see the young boys and girls dancing so ecstatically for hours together. And you just stand aside and watch them <laughs> and think. And there was a time when I also could <laughs> So, this body, we know the limitations of the body, we know the nature of the body. Don't get old and don't function like a man. So why? When the body is old, why should you try to become young? One doctor once told me in America that it was his observation. When they're young, they, they, are, they waste their youth in earning money. And when they get old, they try to spend all their money to get the youth back. <laughs> so, that's why you have to become situated in knowledge. Situated, being situated in knowledge means see things the way they are. Especially when the body gets old. When it's getting old. And just go through it. And Krishna consciousness means go through your life. Go through your life. Simply depending upon Krishna. Yes, sometimes experience, some experiences will be pleasing, sometimes some experiences will be painful, sometimes you'll be glorified, sometimes you'll be criticized, sometimes you'll be humiliated, but just stand aside and watch it. It's all, it's not happening to me, it's all my karmic reaction. Thank you. Any anyone want to say anything? Yes, Charu.
not like sitting back and just chanting and doing nothing. That also includes passion, which means we have to actively do things for Krishna. <coughs> but then other side, we also hear that we mustn't over-endeavor. So Maharaj, how do we differentiate that we are doing, um, this is like motive for this, which is uh, involved passion to do things for Krishna, but yet at the same time. <coughs> okay. Very good. Very good question. So endeavor means, uh, on the mode mo of goodness, try your best. That is. But over endeavor is trying to do better than the best. Right? Whatever you can do joyfully according to the instruction of your authority, according to the instruction of your spiritual master, according to the instruction of Krishna, do it that way. Try your best. Mm. But over-endeavor is when it is beyond your limitations and it is for, over-endeavor is for when it is, not for, you see, for Krishna, nothing can be over-endeavor. But when it is for your own self-aggrandizement, name and fame, glorification, etc. Then it is an open. When you are doing it for Krishna, then Krishna actually, Krishna makes his devotees function on his behalf and Krishna empowers them. Hmm. Devotees do things, render devotional service being empowered by Krishna. That's how we have to recognize Now say for example, Prabhupada left Vrindavan and came to America. Is it an over is it an over endeavor? No. Because it was for Krishna, nothing is excess. Nothing is in excess. Everything is within, within limitations. Does it answer your question? Okay. So any other question? <clears throat> yeah. What's new more just called say Shama Okay. Even here you looked all right. But anyway, at the same time we know. situation is not alright. And as we're saying, like sooner or later we all have to go through that situation. But let's all pray to Krishna so we can leave this world with a big smile in our face. Yes, Anishin. you just explained now your health situation that you went through. And I feel sometimes that many of us who aren't personally uh, with you 
don't really know the full extent of the demands on you and it places on your health. And there's so much instruction and guidance that we need from you. And if we could all be made aware of what would um, make easy, what would make easier for you on your health, less demands, your diet, your travel, uh, and how we could assist you. <coughs> Yeah, I'll let you. Assisting means, you know, like do things the way I want them to be <laughs> And while driving, I was actually discussing with Jagadhar. Like, one of my problems is overeating. And also another thing is different days, different places, different types of cooking and all that, you know. So there was a time when I had some health problems. That was in early 80s. And I was, wherever I would go, I would just cook myself. So I was telling him that maybe I should start a thing like that. He was suggesting things like Baninath traveling with me, cooking for me. I told him that will be even worse. <laughs> because Baninath, when he enters into the kitchen, he can't come out without preparing 20 different <laughs> He loves to cook <coughs> and he cooks so well that you end up overeating. <coughs> Same thing with Sripati. Yesterday Sripati was cooking for Radhashtami and he cooked 27 preps. And they were they were telling me that they couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> like, and so they just love to cook. So the only solution is that I cook myself. And Prabhupada said, if you cook yourself, you'll never get sick. Another thing Prabhupada said, which I find difficult to follow, <laughs> is that, <coughs> When you are young, you should eat as much as possible. I know some of you And when you are old, you should eat as little as possible. So that is one secret actually. Another thing is that you know, again, to go back to modes, you see the exercise and gyms and gym and etc. You know, they are in the mode of passion. You know, work the body up, and by doing that, you know, you increase your metabolism. Now, if you look at it in the context of metabolism. There's another way to rectify your metabolism. You know what is that? Fasting. 
So fasting is the exercise in the mode of goodness. You know how it happens? Firstly, what is metabolism? So what happens is that as the anabolism goes, the catabolism is, has to balance it, <laughs> right? So, in the exercise what is happening? You're increasing your catabolism, and by doing that you balance your anabolism. Isn't it? You take food, and then you uh, work the body up to digest the food. Now, the other way of doing it is, what if you reduce your intake of your food? Then automatically it is going to be balanced. And the Ayurveda looks at it this way, that the fire of digestion is digesting, there's a fire that is digesting the food. Now, if we put more food into the thing, system, then it becomes difficult for the fire to digest it because the fire has some limitation. Now, if you reduce the intake of food, then what happens? The fire keeps burning. Right? And <clears throat> then if you don't put any food, then what does the fire do? Fire burns up even the toxins in the body. So that's why According to the Vedic understanding, fasting is very, very beneficial. And that's the exercise in the mode of goodness also. Okay. <laughs> so any other question? That's what I tell the South African are very good listeners. <laughs> they are very intelligent, <laughs> but they are very shy to ask questions. I noticed when I tell them, write the questions down, then a lot, lot of questions. <laughs> Remember Sunday feast in Radha Radhanath temple? That thing used to go around. So many questions used to come. But you ask them, do you, does anybody have any question? No response. Anusuya, you have a question? No. I could read your mind. <laughs> yes, Kumaj, I was thinking now, just from just what you said, shouldn't we now make that the standard? that wherever you go, you cook, or we just facilitate your cooking. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. Okay. That's what I often do in London. Mm. Champaklata Radhika comes, Precise. she makes all the arrangements wherever I am, yeah. wherever I am.
nice She knows what to arrange. She herself goes and buys everything. <laughs> and it takes me about 15 minutes. Yes. I did that in South Africa yes. also. Yes. But of course, that was rich. That cheese and... <laughs> but I'll cut out the cheese. The butter. And if I have rice, stir fry, spinach, uh, and another thing that I used to like to do was cook noodles. That's very, very light actually. Noodles and also steamed vegetable and rice, quite, quite light. And also you remember when I used to stay at your place, translating? Yes. Often I used to skip breakfast and go straight into lunch. Mm. Early lunch. So that is early lunch, yeah. So that's also another way of doing it. Skip breakfast, have lunch. And as I was telling you the other day, this Ayurvedic medicine increased my appetite so much. <laughs> <laughs> told you, Guva, don't trust the Ayurvedic people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he, he did tell me actually, the doctor told me that this medicine will rejuvenate. And this is a way of rejuvenating. One day I. One time I went to him, see Babaji, and so he checked me, checked my pulse. He just diagnosed, just reading the pulse, feeling the pulse, and his reaction was, heart is perfectly all right, but you have stomach. It's amazing, actually. You know, I never even told him. But that's what my problem was, you know. So, he, and <laughs> so I asked him, so what to do? He said, eat less. <laughs> I told him, the medicine that he gave, that he gave me, I can't eat less. <laughs> <laughs> because you know when your appetite is strong <laughs> you tend to overeat you know because and I gained about three kilos since I'm three to four kilos since I started to take this medicine he's a very nice person some of you have met him probably. What's your impression? Very nice. Very nice. Very simple. Very, very nice person. Doesn't charge. <laughs> That's true. Like when you go there. He just makes a feast for you. Wow. 
and he tells you to eat less. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, he doesn't. He wants you to buy the medicines, the ingredients yourself, and he makes it. He doesn't charge. But of course, you know, I always give him a donation. You give a donation, then he accepts it. They pointed out your offering to them. But what they're doing? They're offering to Krishna. So now if you have access directly to Krishna, then what's the point in going to the Bible? If you know the chairman of the bank, you don't disregard the employees of the bank, but your dealing is mainly with him. So that is the situation of a devotee.